You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 365. If we did a podcast every day of the year, we'd have a full year's worth. I was going to make that same joke. That's so funny. (laughs) So bad. Is it really a joke? I don't know if it's a joke Mm. so much. It's just a fact. True. Uh, Anyway, this is Brandon Lee Gowton that you hear uh, chiming in. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. And we have an Eagles Chiefs preview episode for episode number 365. But before we get to all that... Wrong Crowd Beer is going to be hosting me and Brandon and hopefully you on November 30th when we will be having, I guess we'll call it sort of a a, a hate, a, a quote unquote hate watch. Right. Uh, Brandon and I can't really have uh, like a get together for an Eagles game because we're at the games covering it and we're very busy during Eagles games. Uh, but November 30th is a Thursday. The Cowboys play on that Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks. So we're going to hang out at Wrong Crowd Beer. Come join us there in Westchester, PA. And we'll have some beers. We'll have some food. We'll have some good times. I'll shake your hand. <laughs> or if you don't want to, a little fist bump. Boom. If you want a bro hug, I can give you one of those too. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, there's that. And then, uh, if you want to order wrong crowd beer online, you can certainly do that at wrongcrowdbeer.com. Or again, it's an awesome like place there. The, the actual brewery itself, which is also a bar and restaurant. Uh, again, that's in Westchester. You can Google it for the address. Um, but yeah, wrongcrowdbeer.com best beer in the land. Jimmy, I feel like I need a wrong crowd beer after the chaos that's been going on <laughs> behind the scenes here for a little peek behind the curtain. This doesn't really matter to you, the listeners, but Jimmy and I have had some te- technical difficulties that we've had to work through and it's been frustrating, but thankful to be here now back from the bye week spent some time in. Con- yeah. Our apologies. We were going to record this much sooner, yes. but this is we're recording now on Saturday at three forty. Yes. We're hoping to have this up a lot sooner than that, but it just didn't work out that way. So our apologies. Back from the bye. Eagles are back from the bye. I had a nice time uh, in Colorado. So um, I want to start off the show, Jimmy, with a Taylor Swift take. I mean, it's only right. Okay. Right? Ahead of this Eagles-Chiefs matchup. I mean, it, it's it's not a non-factor. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, but reports indicate that Jason Kelsey, or I should really say trans, same parents, but more directly related, Travis Kelsey, uh, his mom and dad, are going to be meeting the parents of Taylor Swift for the first time at that game. We don't officially know uh-huh. if Taylor will be at the game itself. It seems like she would be. I'm assuming she will be. You actually noted she has a concert. She's performing a show the night before that game in South America, right? 
in uh, yeah in uh in rio okay rio de janeiro in in brazil but she and... she's a private jet i think she can make it <laughs> Yeah, she can get she can get to Kansas City if she wants to. So she's got a three day tour in Rio on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then of course the Eagles play the Chiefs on Monday night in Kansas City. So yeah, she can get to get. That sounds like a nightmare to me personally to to have like a because apparently her concerts her concerts are nuts where like they go on for a very long time and she is on stage for a very long time like all kinds of costume changes yes. and like full set like they're. She does her fans well. Right. Like her, her fans are, you know, they leave her concerts satisfied. Um, so yeah, that concert will be over past midnight, I would assume, or somewhere around there. And then you got to fly to Kansas City, and then like go to this game with all parents involved. And by the way, like stop it with the announcing everything ahead of. Like, do we need to know that your that your parents? Yes, are Jimmy, it's a big deal. This is love on the line here. <laughs> We need to know it all. Why does that have to be public? Uh, but yeah, she can get there. But that all that travel just sounds like a nightmare to me personally. But you know, I guess these, you know, she's younger and perhaps more spry than I am. Yes, more. Yeah, don't doubt Taylor Swift. But here's my take, and I truly, firmly believe this: Taylor Swift cannot wear anything but a Jason Kelsey jersey to the Eagles Chiefs game. She cannot mm. wear a Travis Kelsey jersey. That's too much like of a suck up thing. Plus. I think I feel very confident. Wait, who can't? Taylor Swift. Oh well, she's going to. She can't. Well, hear my take. Listen, hear me out. She has to wear <laughs> a Jason Kelsey jersey. She can't do the half jersey thing. That's what the parents do. She can't do that. She has to. She can't wear a Travis Kelsey jersey. Travis, the, the Travis Kelsey jersey thing would be too much of a suck up and a complete betrayal if Taylor Swift is going to come out here and talk about how. You know, she wrote that one song and it's about the Philadelphia Eagles and the lyrics. And she came to the link this past summer and, you know, she's been seen wearing Eagles gear before she grew up as an Eagles fan. Like if you're truly an Eagles fan and if you're not truly an Eagles fan, then that's fine. Yeah. Wear the Travis Kelsey jersey. But if you if you want to have a claim, a legitimate claim to being an Eagles fan, you have to wear a Jason Kelsey jersey to this game, Taylor. And to be clear. I'm not saying that because it's like a slam to Travis. I think it's just the opposite. I think if you listen to New Heights at all and you kind of have any kind of familiarity with the relationship between Jason and Travis, I think Travis really, really loves his older brother like a lot and like it's always looked up to him. And I think it would be very cool if Taylor wore the Jason Kelsey jersey because I think that would actually it's like at a different level. Like the 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 low hanging fruit is to wear the Travis Kelsey jersey, but the actual sincere, heartfelt move. And I'm all about love. I think is to wear the Jason Kelsey jersey, and I think Travis will respect that. And I think that's what she has to do to both show that she truly loves Travis and also to <laughs> truly stake a claim to her Eagle fandom. So that's my take. I've been thinking about this for a while. Taylor Swift must wear a Jason Kelsey jersey to this Eagles Chiefs game. Well, the Chiefs fans won't like that. Uh, her, also, her parents, like her dad, evidently is a huge Eagles fan. So if he's wearing Chiefs stuff, like GTFOH, mm -hmm. Taylor which he was that. at the concert with Travis, which I think that's more okay. You know, he was just there with Travis. I'm not going to rip him as much for that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't. But if it's at an if it's yes. at an Eagles Chiefs right. game, GTFOH on that right. one. Uh, Kelsey's averaging 8.5 catches for 108 yards and 0.5 touchdowns 
in four games when Taylor Swift is in attendance. He averages 5.8 receptions for 41 yards and 0.5 touchdowns again. So there's a pretty big difference between his numbers when she's there and when he uh, she is not. So I don't know how much you can read into that. But uh, certainly we have turned off uh, a number of the people that are like, shut up about Taylor Swift, <laughs> which a lot of NFL fans uh, have, you know, kind of have that opinion about the Travis Kelsey, uh, Taylor Swift relationship and whatever. But I'm all for it. Bring it on. No, why not? Why not? And uh, look, I'm glad that I don't have to really cover it, except for just, you know, I don't even have to cover mm-hmm. it necessarily this week, but it's, you know sort of a side pop culture storyline but uh I'm, I'm glad to not have to cover it like on a week-to-week basis like i'm sure the chiefs beat writers have to well let's get into the actual some more not actual because that's actual news but you know stuff those people won't care about as much maybe but everything else the eagles health situation is obviously worth noting we have breaking news on that by okay, the way the injury report came out the injury report just came wow. out. So uh, Goddard's out, obviously, as we know. And Justin Evans was the only other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, n- noteworthy Eagle where there was any kind of doubt whether he was going to play or not. And he's not going to play. So he's listed as out in this game. Uh, they activated his 21-day practice window to come off of injured reserve uh, earlier in the week. But he will not come off. The Eagles don't have to make any roster moves now as a result of that. So they already ir true. Dean. Well, they okay. they IR Kobe Dean yeah. earlier in the week, and Cam Jurgens will yes. come off of IR. Uh, that'll probably happen during the games on Sunday. Well, no, I think um, it'll. This is really getting in the weeds, but I think they have until four on Monday to make those moves. Typically, they do that. Oh, okay. Well, it's not, th- it's I mean, not that's like, going to happen. So he's before gonna, the Sunday gonna... games, typically you have to make the roster moves on the Saturday before at four p.m. prior to that. But I believe on like Monday games, I think you can just do it that day, day of. Yeah, so that's a one-for-one roster, uh, you know, kind of switch out. Had Evans come back, they would have had to have made another roster move. My guess is probably Josiah Scott would have gotten gotten cut, maybe. But he survives another week. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, Justin Evans coming back, not a big deal. Or, you know, I think, like, uh, you know, certainly he wasn't going to play in the slot. That'll be Bradley Roby, who will be back in this game as well. He was never on IR but he missed three games. He'll be back for this game and he'll probably start in the slot. And then Evans would have just kind of been extra depth at safety behind Kevin Byard and Reed Blankenship. And then I don't even know if he would have been the third guy or whether (laughs) um, Sidney Brown has jumped him by this point, but I don't know, whatever. So not a big deal that he won't be playing. Uh, Certainly Dallas Goddard. We knew he was going to be out, but that's a big loss. Uh, Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra will have to fill in for him. Grant Calcaterra had a concussion, uh, but he was a full participant in practice all week. This week, my guess is that he'll be the TE2 mm-hmm. as opposed to Albert Albert O. will probably not play a lot. Um, but yeah, so that's the injury report. It's just five guys listed. Goddard out, Evans out, Calcaterra, Jurgens, Roby, all, all full participants. By the way, Jurgens, like, I, did they have out next to him last week? They did. Or did he have an injury designation? Yes. Did they give him one before the Cowboys came? So there, there is no injury designation for him. Mm-hmm. Then we saw him practicing this week. So, like, we don't watch 
you know, practice in full anymore, but we get to see, you know, sort of who's lining up with the ones or whatever. And before the Cowboys game, it was Tyler Steen who was doing that at right guard this week. It was Jurgen. So, I mean, there's no mystery about it. He was going to read that. And the Eagles are going to have, they're going to have their full starting lineup along their offensive line uh, for the second half of the season, or at least to begin it um, with Jurgen's coming back. And I think that's kind of a big deal. I think it's good news for the most part. I don't think losing Nicobe Dean is as big of a loss as it would have seemed earlier in the year, because I think he, I think Morrow and Cunningham have outplayed him. You would still like to have Nicobe Dean healthy, obviously, yeah. and because number one, I'm not rooting for injury. Number two, you would also like more depth at that spot because the only three off-ball linebackers on the roster now are those two guys plus Christian Ellis, who they haven't trusted to play on the a defensive snap since week three. So not great from a depth situation. They had worked out Anthony Barr earlier in the week, but then he quickly signed with the Minnesota Vikings to help replace former Eagle Jordan Hicks. So they mm. clearly, you know, I think are looking for a little bit more depth there. Um, got it out as big. I don't remember how much we talked about him in our recap podcast before the buy, but I think it's kind of going to be a bit of a committee approach to replacing him. I think number one, it's obviously means more targets for AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yes. Like they're going to lean maybe Julio even heavier on those guys. But yeah, I mean, I think Julio will see a little bit of an increase. I think Alameda Zacchaeus could see like a little bit of an, I think every, everyone else will see a little bit of an increase yeah. um, as opposed to like, you know, one guy truly benefiting, which is a little different because last year when Goddard went down, Quez Watkins was clearly like he, his role went way up. Like he clearly, he was always wide receiver three, but then he became like target three, basically, in the offense mm-hmm. after Goddard went down. Quez is still on IR. Um, he's been doing some work on a side field this week, so maybe he'll be able to uh, be activated for week 12, but clearly not playing in this week's game. So we'll see what the future holds for him. But yes, I agree. I think it's more of a, more some more targets for OZ, some more targets for Julio. Um, Grant, Grant Calcaterra is more of the favorite to get, I think, targets in the passing game, even though Jack still will probably play more snaps total because the Eagles really like him a lot, um, especially as a, as a blocker. So, and then Albert O is kind of maybe more like a, a wild card in this, in this situation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe he could see a target here and there and kind of gauge how that goes with him. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to play like two snaps. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> he'll play more than zero because they usually they still they do use three normally so i agree that he won't play much but you know they could uh they could have a play for him maybe there's like you know they have a play they like for him or something we'll see about I that want, so there's conditions on his trade by the way yes i mean not that they gave up anything at all really for him it was just a swap of a seventh round pick and a sixth round pick but there was conditions on the trade that the eagles made who is who did they the Street. Yeah, where like he's got to play five games for the for the uh, Falcons. Six. Contavious Street. Is it six games? Yeah, but he's okay. already played two, so it's four more. Okay, so um, maybe there's similar con- – because there are conditions on the Alberto trade. I, I, mean, I tried to get them, and nobody would help me with it. <laughs> it's like nobody would give me the trade conditions. Uh, but I wonder if it's like similar to Contavious Street. So I don't know how much they'll care about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conditions on on you know this Albert O trade, but um, I don't know if there's a difference between him playing a snap or two. Maybe you just don't play him. Although I guess he probably play on special teams. I don't know. We're getting a little too far into the weeds on, on this. One. Anyway, but, 
but he's i don't think I, a common question that i've gotten this week though is if i thought alberto would you know have a role in this game and while dallas goddard is out and no the short answer i don't i think jack stole is going to be the tight end one Karen Calcaterra is going to be the tight end too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Calcaterra or Albert O are going to get really much action at all. Honestly, I think it's going to be a heavy 11 personnel. And even when those guys are on the field, certainly they're not going to be the, the primary targets in the passing game. I generally agree with that. I think if, you know, it's kind of not effective and if they need a spark, maybe that's when you kind of like, all right, let's kind of flip a switch here and see if we can get something going. But um, for now, I agree with you. I will say, I think getting Bradley Roby back is a big deal. Not because, yes, not because agreed. I want to make it clear. I don't think it's because he's a star or anything or even like a great player, but like what the Eagles were using at slot cornerback was two rookies playing out of position. And Bradley is yeah, like, right. not a good option. I don't, I, even if Bradley Roby is like not good, even if he's below average, I still think that's such a more, it's, yeah, at least he's a slot corner. Like, yeah, it's like credible option. Like that is credible. That is like a real, actual option to use as opposed to this total piecework not ideal situation at all between again two players playing out of position as opposed to Bradley Roby having some level of experience there and level of experience obviously is just an NFL cornerback as well right it's not like I expect him to come in and shut people down but I expect him to come in and at least like not let uh opposing slot receivers totally just destroy him over and over like we saw kind of happen with or have been happening with Eli Ricks in Sydney Brown to some extent. So I do think that's a very nice piece to get back. Not a game changer, but just having some level of stability. I think that there's absolutely something to be said for that. It's not just like, well, it's not even going to change the equation at all. So I think that's a big deal. And continuity too, because they've had eight different starting combinations in their secondary in the first nine games. And this will be combination number nine out of 10 in this chiefs game, but one, but once they get this five together, which of course is Slay, Bradbury, Blankenship, Byard, and Roby. And theoretically that's their best five going forward. So if Roby plays at least competent football, mm-hmm. then they'll continue on with that starting five uh, for the foreseeable future. And I think it's kind of a big deal for those guys to play together quite a bit, um, you know, down the stretch here, so that they can they have their communication down and they sort of know what each of the other guys on the field are going to do. And even then, it's kind of hard to to do that in, in a short amount of time in the back half of the season here. But at least it's something um, it's not quite on the level of like O-line continuity, mm-hmm. but certainly is important for those guys to be on the same page. And they just haven't been on the same page really at all because they've had so many guys in, like everyone's been hurt in that starting line. Literally, everybody mm-hmm. has gone down at some point this season. So uh, if those guys can maybe have a little better injury luck down the back half of the season, then we'll see some uh, improvement in their pass defense, which is clearly the Achilles heel of this of this team, you know, through the first half of the season. On the Chiefs side of things, there's nothing really to report when it comes to their active roster. They did list Richie James questionable, but he was a full participant in practice all week. He's still on injured reserve. I imagine they will activate him. And then um, they do notably have Nick Bolton, who played a really good game in the Super Bowl against the Eagles and mm-hmm. was the one who recovered that fumble, I believe, for the touchdown. Um, he was. Um, he will be out. So Made that play, too. Like, it wasn't just, like, Jalen Hurts just dropped, like, dropped the Like, Nick Bolton, like, got into the backfield mm-hmm. and made Hurts kind of like... Um, like, juke him, uh, try to juke him a little bail. bit. Yeah. yeah, like, Nick Bolton kind of made a play the on play. that. 
Yes. And then when Hertz dropped it, he picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. And he was second in the NFL in tackles mm -hmm. last year with 180, which is odd for a team like the Chiefs that normally you see like the leaders in tackles on terrible teams because they get behind in games and then the opposing offense just runs the ball a lot and got like the linebacker on these crap teams just rack up a lot of tackles. So you don't really see often a team like a really good team that has a great record like the Chiefs always do. Um, normally you won't see like a guy like Nick Bolton leading, you know, lead, being second in the league in tackles, but he was with 180. So he's a tackle machine and they haven't been great against the run so far this year. And we'll probably get to this in the, uh, in, in the matchups mm -hmm. on, in the next segment. But um, they, you know, he, he's kind of a big deal <laughs> to their, to, and their defense is very good this year. It was just kind of average uh, last year than over the years, really. But this year it's, I wouldn't say it's the strength of their team, but it's uh, they, they've been a lot. They've been, it's been more of a strength than it has in the past. No team has allowed fewer points than the chiefs this season. Oh, is that yeah. right? Okay. I mean, I think they're tied with the 49ers in terms of mm -hmm. like lowest point, And I think they played an extra game then then well no yeah no no they no, by they last week of course 49 yeah okay no but anyway um yeah defense has been good <laughs> like really good especially relative to the rest of the league okay but uh anything else jimmy that you want to get to before we take our first break no Bol bolton was the guy that i wanted to mention um but yeah like they're they're very healthy. The chiefs are for this time. They have one good player on injured reserve. He's not even done for the year either. Like he'll be back at some point. And then, as you mentioned, there's not much to, to say about the guys that are just on their injury mm -hmm. report. They actually listed eight guys, but they were all full participants the entire week. Yeah. And Richie James, like he's just kind of like their backup punt returner. So he's not even really having a role in the regular offense. So yeah, they're in good shape heading into this week and, and certainly for their stretch run in the back half of the season. Here. Okay. Let's take a break. Right now, Jimmy, we will be back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back here on BGN Radio. It's time to get into this. I, Super Bowl rematch is a, is a weird term for me. I don't love it because it's not. You know what I mean? It's not an actual Super Bowl rematch. I know it's the two teams that yeah I mean, they play if they play in the Super Bowl again then it's a right, yeah. that is then the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl they meet because <laughs> everyone's using the term uh, we have breaking news oh, no. Philadelphia Eagles have activated Cam Jurgens from injured reserve wow. so as expected there you go. he is back on even sooner than we thought um, yeah as expected <laughs> that's a that's a big deal and so I wanted to get into that a little bit more just because we've seen the the splits but with the Eagles running game with and without Jurgens and it seems to naive to suggest it's literally just him being the difference but it's not not a big factor considering I think he's one of their better run blockers and Suo Peta clearly was not a good run blocker I think Tyler Steen showed some promise in that regard but still is also a rookie making his first start and um, you know, you can only do so much. I don't think he's clearly as good as Jurgens is at this point. So I think it's a big deal. And why don't we just start there? Why don't we just start with the Eagles offense going up against this Chiefs defense? I think an underrated thing, and look, I don't want to make this game all about like 
what's different from the Super Bowl because that doesn't necessarily matter entirely. But I think there are some things to think about and some potential lessons to be had. And I think there's some things I think about the Super Bowl that people kind of forget because, you know, the, the narrative takes over in terms of, you know, Jonathan Ginnon being a big and deserved, uh, I don't even want to say scapegoat, but, a, you know, uh, a target. No, not a scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest reason they lost in the Super Bowl, in my opinion, was Jonathan. Sure. But I think people miss out on like some of the nitty gritty, like the Eagles, and it's a passing league. I firmly believe that. I think the running game on both sides was kind of like the difference in the Super Bowl when you consider that yeah. the Eagles couldn't defend the run. I think they allowed, what, 183 against the Chiefs. And it wasn't that the Chiefs, you know, were breaking off like 60 yard runs for touchdowns, but it was like they had a consistent flow. They could keep They're the effective. offense on schedule, yeah. and that makes things even easier for Patrick Mahomes. And then on the other side of the ball, I think both Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell kind of don't get enough uh, ire. Like Jonathan Gannon has taken a lot of that. And again, rightfully so. But Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell were both not good in the Super Bowl. And obviously Sanders almost had an even more. Sanders was ter- Sanders fumbled twice in that game. Well, almost. one of them didn't count. But and, and it, it was returned for a touchdown, too. It was close. <laughs> the, one that, the one that he like that he got away. I mean, like his butt cheek just barely yep. hit in time before the ball was ripped out of his hands. But he had the ball taken away from him. Twice yep. in that game, once by the sideline, the ball went harmlessly out of bounds. And the other one, again, that was returned for a touchdown. They got lucky. Got over. Did that get called a fumble on the field initially? The first one, he, the one he had on the first play of the game? No, no, no. The other one that got returned for a touchdown. I think it did get called and then reviewed, you know, because they do that. So then they can automatically review it, I believe. Uh, okay. Yeah, in any right. case, yeah. the, my point here is that the running game, and they still scored, you know, what, 35 points despite it not being good. But you know, in terms of like being able to possess the ball a little bit more. And there was that obviously that sequence there where it started with Kenny Gainwell on, I think it was second and short, like not being mm-hmm. able to get a first down. If you watch that, I've rewatched that run a lot. It makes me so mad because I feel like how I feel like most <laughs> running backs just pick up the first down there. He somehow goes down in a weird way. He, he doesn't get to the marker and you think, okay, not a big deal. But then Isaac Samalo gets the false start. And then that's, that's when the Jalen Hurts fumble happens right there. So like, Kenny Gainwell somehow not getting a first down there also contributes to that a couple plays later. Um, I think, you know, the Eagles have the potential to be a lot different this time because their run defense is better. It's very good. And you can. It's their number one run defense in the NFL. And by like an average per game, like number two, I think is, well, they're, they're giving up like 66 rushing yards mm-hmm. per game, which is really good. And then I think the next closest team has given up like 76. So it's a difference of 10 yards per game, which of course equates to, you know, like 90 90 to 100 or whatever on the season. 17 games. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been playing great run defense all year. I don't even think they've really committed that much extra personnel into the box to do it either. Like last year, they were good against the run when they were doing those five-man fronts. But like Mm -hmm. here they can defend the run out of four-man fronts as well. Now, part of it is because teams understand that their pass defense isn't as good and they've, you know, been able to kind of pick apart the, the secondary to some degree. But also, like, the Eagles' rushing yards per attempt are also very low as well. I think they're 3.6 or something like that. It's, like, fourth best in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the point being here is, like, they're 
interior defensive line linemen have been really good, obviously with Fletch and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis has taken the step up from, from last year to this year. And that's been a big factor. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're getting good play out of those guys. Even the edge guys have been Zach Cunningham is really good against the run. Yes. He's been their best linebacker in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, they they have that on lock. <laughs> and like, as you mentioned, uh, the chiefs were able to, to, I have the numbers here, by the way, it's 20, they had 26 carries for 158. Mm. But that was 6.1 yards per carry, and, uh, and one of those was a touchdown by Isaiah Pacheco. And it wasn't just the backs, too. Like, Mahomes made plays with his legs on some of those dropbacks. Obviously, one of, maybe one of the biggest plays in the game uh, late, in, late in that uh, in the fourth quarter when he eluded pressure and, and uh, picked up a first down. I think they got to watch for him, by the way. I'd be kind of – I actually asked Sean to – let me do big flex Ooh, by I you Sean Desai about this. Oh, I asked in my one-on-one sit down with Sean Desai. Yeah, well, I, we had Sean Desai chatting and uh, no, but I asked him about the, the Terrell Owens hit, not Owens, Terrell, <laughs> <laughs> Terrell Edmonds hit uh, on the sideline earlier this year against Sam Howell. Like Sam Howell is running for a first down and he's, you could see him yeah, like play makes you furious fixing the ball in his hand in a way like you, you could see who was going to reach the ball out to try to, you know, reach the ball over the, over the first down marker as he was running. But then he had to like pull it back at the last second because he was going to get hit by Terrell. Terrell Evans made a good play. He hit him before he got to the first down marker. And sure enough, because quarterbacks for some reason get protection along the sideline that positional players do not. And it's not like that's a rule or anything like that. They just do because they're quarterbacks. Um, he gets a penalty for that play. So I had actually asked Sean Desai on Thursday what the teaching point on that was going forward. And it's particularly relevant in this game against Mahomes because Mahomes just loves riding that sideline on runs. And then just as soon as a, like when the defender gets close, he just quickly steps out of bounds. He draws a lot of like late hits on the sideline. Of course, you know, we talked, you know, obviously like Eagles fans and, you know, media people and everyone kind of talked about that James Bradbury hold at the end of the game on Juju in the Super Bowl and how like, you know, maybe I see I thought it was a hold, but I also think like I also think like you don't throw that flag in that spot because, you know, a that wasn't getting called. Right. All you game. set the standard. Also, you set the standard for what is a hold and what isn't by officiating it a certain <laughs> yeah. way the whole game and then changing it at the very last minute in a high leverage <laughs> right. spot. Right. And obviously, it was the highest of leverage spots uh, yeah. to, to throw that flag. Well, guess what? The Chiefs also had another weak flag that got them to the Super Bowl when I think Joseph Asai was his name, the linebacker for the Bengals, hit Mahomes. Not even hit, like he just pushed him like near the sideline. And Mahomes, like, had like both of his feet had touched the sideline before he got pushed, but it's still just a like a bang bang mm-hmm. play. And they were really sort of on the cusp of field goal range with like seconds left in the game. It was under 10 seconds left in that game when that penalty occurred. So like it would have been a real, it would have been like probably like a 60 yard field goal uh, for Harrison Butker if, if that penalty doesn't get called. But instead they get an extra 15 yards, they kick the field goal, they go to the Super Bowl. So like in the AFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs got kind of two like kind of weak calls to help them win games. And I don't know. I think uh, the Eagles just kind of have to be careful about how they handle tackling Mahomes when he does take off and run with the ball, because he does seem to, 
Uh, actually, there, there's some kind of stat, I believe, that where like he Mahomes hasn't really drawn many, um, I guess, personal fouls this year. Uh, I'm not sure how that compares with other years, but I've seen enough. I've seen him play enough where he gets calls along the sideline where like he just steps out at the last second and he gets hit and then they throw the flag. So he's got to be careful about how they hand, you know, manage those situations. Desai said like they want to kind of, they, they want to see like part of the teaching point is which direction are his shoulders facing. So if they're facing up the field, then you, you know, hit them. Uh, but if they're facing toward the sideline and he's like on his way out, then you just, you don't hit him. Like you don't lay your shoulder into him or anything like that. You just kind of hit him with your hands and push him backwards as opposed to trying to like jack him up. So that's kind of a factor in this game, but I'm getting, getting a little far off of yeah, you're in the, the weeds the there. Main, you know, <laughs> the main point, but I, but I do kind of feel like that that's a play that can happen in this game. And it's a, it's a big part of like, what happens in Chiefs games and how like it, it affected an Eagles that, game earlier this year? That energy with, with Terrell Evans was also you know? present at the end of I remember the Super Bowl. Sorry to reminisce so much, but remember when their teeth were doing kneel downs and he wasn't like going down right away? He was kind of like trying to buy an extra second uh, where he would like <laughs> hang there. Yeah, I think like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, credit to smart players for being smart and all, but like you're also kind of it's a slippery slope because you know, people don't like when like defensive linemen dive on the, you know, the off like yes. Greg Chiano Cause it's like, you know, the game's over. Come on. But like the other part of that is like on your end as an offense, you have to actually take the knee. You can't, if you're going to start doing that BS where you're trying to milk extra time off by not going down right, right. away, then expect to get expect to get jacked that's what up. I mean. Like you're, you're asking for that at that point. So I would just, that's like Kenny Pickett with the fake slide <laughs> where like, okay, you're going to fake slide. Well, I'm just going to lay right. you out next time. <laughs> yeah. then. <laughs> yes that was really cool i have to say in the moment that was a really cool play but yes i agree with your point uh the kenny pickett slide anyway um i did a bad job of getting us off topic into this is supposed to be eagles offense versus chiefs defense i talked about how the running game on one side of the ball is different but also i mean this chiefs defense is allowing 4.5 uh opponent yards per carry mm-hmm. only one two three four five six teams have a worse or wait, one, two, three, four, five, math. One, two, three, four, five teams have a worse uh, average in that regard. That is the Raiders, the Bills, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Broncos. So I do think this is not like, you know, run the ball all game long. Don't trust Jalen Hurts to pass, especially with how good Hurts has been. And certainly be very interesting to see what his mobility looks like, because that's a huge factor in what the running game can be as a whole if he's actually significantly more healthy, which... TBD, he seemed to be in good spirits when he talked to the media this week. He indicated that he's feeling good. That's nice to see. We'll see if that is truly the case and how that holds up when he's out there on the field. But, um, yeah, I do think the running game and having someone who hasn't really, you know, been, like, as good as he was earlier in the year, DeAndre Swift. But um, I think he will be an upgrade on what the Eagles got out of Miles Sanders, certainly, and Kenny Gainwell the last time the Eagles and Chiefs played. So I think that could be a significant factor that something much more uh, good that they have going for them this time, not only just being uh, able to about score points. Again, the Eagles didn't struggle to do that against the Chiefs, but I think this defense is tougher. And I also think that there is value at certain points, certainly late in games, like the Eagles haven't been able to do recently, where you can kind of close it out and not give Mahomes a chance at the end. And you can just actually rely on your running game to stay on the field and, and salt the game away. 
running game has stalled over the last month or so. First five games of the year, 36 rushes per game, 164 yards per game. I believe that was leading the NFL at the time and 4.6 yards per carry, which is very good. Last four games, 28 rushes per game, 87 yards per game, just, you know, a little bit more than half of what they were churning out the first five games. And this is bad, 3.1 yards per carry. So, you know, as you mentioned, Jalen Hurts probably feeling better. I think, you know, his uh, absence, or not absence, but his, um, you know, opposing defense is not having to fear him running is a big part mm-hmm. of the Eagles running it, running, rushing attack, even if just the fear of him keeping the ball on, on zone reads and RPOs and RPRs or whatever um, that affects, you know, how defenses uh, uh, defend him. And, and certainly when he's, when he is fully healthy guys like Miles Sanders in the past and this year, Deandre Swift and the gang, like they have better opportunities because you're, you're, you're taking like a, basically a defender out of the play that has to account for Jalen Hurts. So that's a big part of the, of the run game. I don't think that, you know, the absence of Cam Jurgens is that big a deal between, you know, this this the running game stalling over the last four games. His app but I, I do think there is something to it. <laughs> like not a not a huge deal, but I think he was certainly a better um, you know, run blocker than Suo Opeta at a minimum. Um, you know, in the four games that Suo Opeta started. So yeah, I mean they, they should be better off there. And and you know, as as mentioned earlier, Nick Bolton isn't in this game. Mm-hmm. So their their number one tackler isn't going to be playing. And there should be opportunity to run the ball against this team. And as you mentioned, you like if you can sustain long drives against this Chiefs against this Chiefs team and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, then great. So and you know, one way to achieve that obviously is with a strong rushing attack. And um, you know, the other thing to be mentioned here too is and Nick Sirianni himself has mentioned this. The Eagles don't have first and 10. They have first and nine and they have to get nine yards in their first three downs and they're going to get a first down because they have the brotherly shove. So yeah, I do think that um, their, their, um, their run game will be featured in this game uh, for all those reasons. And um, you know, ideally they'll play better in their rushing attack than they did in the Super Bowl last February. Anything else on the Eagles offense going up against this Chiefs defense? Um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that, that there's going to be an uptick in in targets for everyone else in the offense. But the one, I think, I think the one weakness that this Chiefs secondary has, and actually part of the reason that their defense is a lot better this year than it was last year is because they have so many young players uh, in their secondary, like Trent McDuffie um, and Jalen Watson. And, you know, those guys are kind of like, they know what they're doing now, or maybe they didn't so much last year, but their starting corners are Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. And then Jalen Watson comes in as the nickel, but he plays outside mm-hmm. and Trent McDuffie moves from the outside to the inside. So Jalen Watson, PF, PFF has him down for 16 completions on 25 targets, 168 yards, Five touchdowns allowed, mm. no interceptions for an opposing passer rating of 123.0. Mm. So I had actually found a few of those touchdowns that, that he gave up. They're not horrible. like They're not like egregious or anything like that. But he has given up some touchdowns this year. So he's a big fan favorite in Kansas City because he had interceptions in the playoffs against the Jaguars and the Bengals uh, in the playoffs last year. He had a 99-yard pick six uh, during the regular season against the Chargers. Mm. But I think that's the guy 
I think the Eagles are going to play a lot of 11 personnel, obviously, Mm -hmm. because they don't have Goddard, obviously. But also, I think they want to get him on the field. They want to get Jalen Watson on the field and get him matched up on the outside against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And I think that's a that's, you know, one of the matchups that are in the Eagles favor in this game. Yeah, I mean, I already talked about, you know, the uptick in prediction production, the targets for whatnot, but just the, the two the two guys at top between A.J. and Devonte, but I mean AJ's already being targeted a ton anyway. It's more about like Devonte. I think you know stepping up and being a big factor here, and I think he has the potential to do that. I mean, he's just coming off a game where he had an incredible touchdown catch against again Deron Bland, who's playing like one yep. of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. So I definitely think um, he is going to be able to come through for this offense. Okay, are you ready to spin it to the defense? I am. Well, before we Let's do that. Do it. BGN Radio also brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Shout out to our good friend Alex uh, at Alex White Noise on Twitter, who posted that he got his Righteous Felon order. He ended up getting, it looks like here, the Voodoo Chili, the Habanero Escobar, and the Bourbon Franklin as the jerky and then you got the meat sticks as well which become in the flavors of the fiery habanero and the street taco inspired al pastor and pineapple pork stick in addition to the lemon pepper uh the turkey jerky stick so uh, he asked us which ones uh he should try first you said the bourbon franklin a, a big time favorite of mine but uh i from that group i actually love the fiery fiery habanero sticks the most they're spicy but like in a good way not in a way that um you know i i feel really strongly about spicy there's a level of spicy where this hurts and it's not fun and the flavor is bad like that doesn't make any sense to me i like it when it's spicy but also has a really good flavor and that's what i think the habanero sticks do here at righteous felon craft jerky so get your own Try them out by using discount code BGN15 for 15% off at RighteousSelling.com. Also, same discount code applies at WildRangerPet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, all right. Yes. Eagles defense versus Chiefs offense. I mean, it seems like there's a pretty obvious angle here, and it's Patrick Mahomes (laughs) throwing Uh the ball to Travis Kelsey. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have kind of gotten lit up by a few tight ends this year. Hunter Henry, week one. Um, sorry, I had the numbers. Jake Ferguson last week for my for, for starters. My annoying, my annoying website refreshed. Uh, Hunter Henry, six targets, five catches, 56 yards, one touchdown week one. Week two, TJ Hawkinson, uh, seven catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Week There's eight, a lot of garbage time in there, but yes. Logan <laughs> Thomas, uh, six catches, 44 yards, one touchdown. And then, as you mentioned, Jake Ferguson last week. Seven catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. He is, Jake Ferguson is the the 17th in the NFL among tight ends in receiving yards. Okay. So he is the best tight end the Eagles have faced in terms of like receiving yards mm-hmm. aside from, so Hawkinson's number one in the NFL. Okay. But then after Hawkinson, Ferguson is the next guy up at 17th in the NFL. So it's not even as if like the Eagles have played like a like a murderer's row of tight ends or anything like that. They've mostly played kind of average guys all year. And some of them, like I said, have lit them up. And I look at this Travis Kelsey matchup in the same way that I look at the Cowboys matchup week nine mm. when it's crystal clear 
the one guy you have to slow down somehow is CD Lamb. And I just did not like the plan that agree Sean Desai and the Eagles had for CD Lamb. Like there are plenty of times where he's just one on one against safeties, <laughs> like Reed Blankenship or like Sidney Brown or just one on one with Ricks. like an undrafted rookie in Eli Ricks. And, you know, eventually, you know, they did have Darius Slay on him. Darius Slay, you know, did a better job on him than anyone else did. But come on, man. Come get, like it. It's clear that CD Lamb is the guy and everyone else is a big, big step behind him. And that's what this Chiefs offense is, too. So it'll be Travis Kelsey. And then after him, it's a big step down to whoever you want to say is their number two option in the passing game. I would say Rasheed Rice, but like if it's a big step down from, from Travis Kelsey to literally anybody got to have a better plan for him than you had for CD Lamb week nine and different players in terms of, you know, CD is an actual wide receiver. Not that Travis isn't really athletic or anything, but I do wonder, I, it seems to me, I thought what you were going to say for a bit there, it kind of reminds me of going up against Gronk in the Super Bowl back in 2017, uh-huh. where I think it could be, like a kitchen sink game, like you're throwing different options at Travis there. Maybe at mm-hmm. some points it's Kevin Byard. At other points, maybe, you know, it is Slay going in there. Maybe you feel good about James Bradbury being able to right. move inside specifically against, you know, a bigger guy like Travis Kelsey. So I do think they kind of will experiment. And and for as much as I do think Sean Desai should be criticized for that a poor plan. At the very least, he is willing to try different things. So I do yes. give him credit for that side of the coin. Uh, so I do have a level of confidence he will experiment. I just would hope that, for legal sake, it's not too little, too late. And it doesn't take a lot of time to figure it out that you should just, in, instead of, hey, maybe let's uh, like let's have a, two rookies cover cd lamb well how about maybe we use at least one of our two top 15 cornerback contract players on cd lamb yes so uh yeah i guess we'll have to just see if that's how he comes out and actually can be trusted i would hope he learned but um i don't know i i would think that typically to speak to a a bigger point here when we talked about how the eagles run defense is so good it seems weird in that i think you wrote about this too you don't in theory, like the, the the proposition of making Patrick Holmes one dimensional and have to like throw the ball a lot. You don't want Patrick Holmes to throw a ball a lot. He's a really good player. But mm-hmm. I think when you look at it, like if you're able to hold Travis Kelsey in check to some extent and you're asking Travis or sorry, Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball a lot to those other receivers. Well, maybe that's a matchup you actually don't hate so much because you're like, we're not too, too worried about those guys. So. Um, and if you're going to buy into the Jonathan Gannon thinking of if you're going to have him drop back a lot and he's going to pass the ball a lot, well, maybe there's a play in there where the pass rush can get home because the Eagles in theory, and I say this in a very, like, I feel like I'm putting the, you know, the meme where you're putting the clown makeup on because like, you're like, here I am like doing this again. Yeah. But in theory, the Eagles pass rush should be able to win against this chief's offensive line. Unlike they were yeah. in the Super Bowl, Unlike that game this game will be played on grass so i think that's actually a nice thing that the eagles have although it is gonna be raining though apparently so i know it just oh no it's gonna happen again it's gonna happen again oh no but i mean in theory like eagles pass rushers josh sweat and hassan reddick going up against the combination of donovan smith and juan taylor should be a matchup in the eagles favor 
I think I pointed this out here before. I'm not sure, but there was an article on Arrowhead Pride after that Dolphins game. And Arrowhead Pride is the Chiefs SB Nation site about how the Chiefs offensive line has like, quote, been a total mess in recent weeks, even though you think of it to be really good. They're certainly really good on the interior there with Creed Humphrey and um, uh, Trey Smith, Trey and, Smith. Uh, and uh, Tooney, Joe Tooney. And Tooney, although I think Tooney has specifically kind of not been as great recently when I was looking at some of his pressure numbers and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, strong, still strong there, though, on the interior, but weaker on the edges there. So so my point is, my long-winded point is, you know, if you're asking Patrick Mahomes to drop back a lot, you are giving your pass rush a chance. And that's like one of the biggest mismatches in theory on paper, like it was the last time in this game where you have those edge rushers. Maybe they can get to him. Maybe they can get a strip sack or two, and that could swing the difference in this one. Um, any other thoughts for you on this? Yeah, I mean, there are big advantages on the edge where – so Andy Reid loves huge offensive tackles, and both these guys are. They're both 330-plus pound offensive tackles. And are somewhat susceptible to speed, which the Eagles have, and Josh Sweat and, and Hassan Reddick. So um, there's that. Uh, Juwan Taylor has an absurd number of penalties this year. He's got 12, I think, off the top of my head, and one, one was declined. And then uh, on the other side, Donovan Smith has seven or eight or something like that. Also a very high number, but not compared to to John or to uh, Juwan Taylor. If you recall, Week One yep. when they were playing the Lions, Juwan Taylor like was just set so far back off the line of scrimmage. And they were like Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico, like the entire game. Like, why are the lions not complaining about it? And the reason was simple. Like they didn't, they like when he was set so far back, they knew the chiefs were passing. So he was giving away run versus pass on pretty mm -hmm. much every play. And then finally it was not only like set back, but he was leaving early. Like, you know, he, I, I've seen like a lot of opposing fans complain about like Lane Johnson leaving right. early. Right. Well, I mean, this was on a whole other level. Right. He was doing the <laughs> thing that people complain about, but actually he was actually doing it. Unlike Lane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. So he's got a lot of like so, some of his penalties are holds. I think it's like four or five of them are holds. He had a face mask that was also kind of like essentially a hold as well in the end zone. I forget who that was against, but he, he got a safety called on him for that. But he's got like a bunch of illegal formation penalties for being set too far back. He's got a bunch of false starts and Donovan Smith has got a bunch of holds in this game. So I was actually or in the season. I was actually curious to see how much this officiating crew calls holds. Mm -hmm. So first I had to look to see who it was and it was Sean Smith. I didn't know. I don't know much about him, uh, but his crew evidently this year has only called 16 holds on the season, uh -oh. which is the third least in the NFL. And I think the, like the other two crews that were that had called fewer were at like 14 or 15 or something like that. So he's pretty close to his crew is pretty close to being, you know, the, to like calling the fewest holds in the NFL. And then I looked at like, you know, the bigger numbers for crews and they're well over 30. So like, so like they don't call a lot of holds. So they're going to let them play, uh, presumably in this game, which it, you know, kind of goes against the Eagles in this case, because Chiefs offensive tackles hold a lot. So there's that. But uh, I do think that they have a nice advantage on the edge there. I think what the Eagles have to do a better job of is their push on the interior because the edge guys are going to get pressure on the outside. It's just, can the guys on the interior also get either a push or can they just win matchups and get penetration in the backfield? and not allow Patrick Mahomes to step up because I think that's something that Dak Prescott 
was able to do week nine. I thought the edge yes. guys were, were mostly winning, especially against Terrence Seal at right tackle, and they were forcing Dak to step up. But the interior guys just didn't get enough uh, push, and they like Dak was able to step up and still make plays down the field. They did have five sacks, but it could have been a lot worse if the interior guys played a little bit better. And in this game, they need performance from Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Milton Williams. And the thing to note is that all four of those guys have been on the injury report in recent weeks. So when we think of like this buy coming, yes. uh, you know, during week 10, we think of Jalen Hurts and getting his knee feeling better. But also, I think this defensive line, the interior of the defensive line has really I mean, they really benefit from from the timing of that buy. I think that's a great point by you. You know, Cox has especially had to play, you know, more snaps than typically he usually would so that he benefits from that. Carter was dealing with the back injury that he, you know, caused him to miss a game at one point and he had another leave another game early. So I definitely think, you know, him getting the extra time helps. Jordan Davis has been dealing with a hamstring injury. I think, you know, getting the time off helps him. So, yeah, I do think that's that's a good point by you. I think those and really we just haven't not that Jalen Carter has been bad recently, but I feel like he hasn't been quite early season Jalen Carter as of recently. And if he can do that here, that would be a very big spot to do that in. So, and you know, um, it's funny you said, and I agree, like, I agree with that statement, but at the same time, after that game, um, Zach, uh, Martin, Martin, yes. <laughs> was like, I was like, how did they, how did these guys get you in the draft? Like he was, Zach Martin was very impressed with the way that Jalen Carter played in that game. For sure. And for us, like we've seen him play a lot better in some of these other games. And yet he still played well enough for like a six or seven time all pro to be, you know, to be talking to him, to, to him in that way after the game. I, I really liked that clip because it was like, he says, Zach Martin says, you're going to be very special. And he corrected himself. He's like, no, he's like, you already are very special. <laughs> yes. and that was really yeah. eye-opening to see. Like, that's crazy. Um, But yes, I agree. Yeah, it's not like, again, he's been bad, but I just think we haven't seen that total flash. And I think the bye week could give him an opportunity to get back to being more of that, just like obviously dominant, undeniable kind of player that, he was looking like earlier this season. So I do agree that that would be very big. Uh, I think that's it, right? Anything else on the matchup here? Yeah, I'll just go come back. I'll circle back really quick to, you know, the run defense. And I'll just note that, like, a lot of these guys on the defensive line are very prideful in, in the Eagles defensive the line. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Did I say Chiefs? Uh, no, you didn't say any. I was just clear. Oh, OK. The Eagles defensive line. I mean, there are a lot of prideful players there and they know what happened in the Super Bowl. Like they know they did not do a good job uh, against the Chiefs run rushing attack. And um, same thing as far as the pass rush goes too. like the Chiefs offensive linemen are wearing these shirts at their parade saying zero sacks. So, <laughs> like, so I, stupid. And, and I know that, you know, just, you know, interviewing Hassan Reddick after each of the commanders games this year, of mm -hmm. course, their right tackle is Andrew Wiley, who played right tackle in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. He had sacks to basically close out the game in each of the commanders games. Yep. He was very proud of himself yeah. uh, for doing that against the guy that, you know, he faced in the Super Bowl and, you know, it was helped out considerably by the slippery field. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that they're going to be prideful, both in terms of stopping the run and getting after Patrick Mahomes in this game. Okay, well, let's take another break here and then get into our actual picks for the game itself. We will be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, where it's time to pick the Eagles Chiefs game. But before we do that, Jimmy, I need to hear about who I should contact if I need to buy, mm. sell, or rent a house. Well, God voted Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. It's the greatest realtor in the history of the universe. It'd be crazy to call anybody else, obviously. Wow. You can reach out to her, call or text her 
cell phone is 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. She got actually a bunch of closings uh, mm. coming up this week. So busy gal these days. But she always has the time. For... Always has the time to, yeah. I mean, test her. Yes. I say, yo, yeah. I want to sell my house, Kristen Roach, and watch how fast she gets back to you on that one. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted, hopefully, for someone out there. Okay. Getting into our Hicks. We only have three games to do this week. The Saints, I believe, are on their bye. They're not playing. Saints uh, lost last week, which is good for the Eagles. The Eagles will continue to hope that they fall out of the NFC South lead there in terms of getting that second round pick that's more favorable but uh getting to the actual games the dallas cowboys are 10 and a half point favorites at the panthers i feel like we probably don't need to spend a lot of time on this one no the cowboys are going to win this game there's no there's (laughs) literally no reason to not take them they've been smashing bad teams all year the panthers are bad the only thing i would not like if i was a cowboys fan which i'm not heading into this game is that Frank Reich is taking back play calling. And it's not like, oh, I think that's the most intimidating thing in the world. It's that any kind of change that a bad team is making going into your matchup, I don't like because that could potentially change the equation. But I mean, let's be real here. I just don't think the Panthers are any good. And I think they lose and they don't cover. Cowboys destroyed the Giants last week. And, you know, earlier in the year, we saw them destroy the Giants week one and then they destroyed the Jets week two. And then they went into Arizona and they lost to a very bad Cardinals team. So there's the hope. Like, that's the hope that that you can have the Cowboys maybe messing up this game. But I think because that happened already week three this year, they aren't going to take anyone lightly anymore like this Panthers team that is just god-awful. Mm-hmm. One thing I will note about the Cowboys is, you know, this is the, the second of three, you know, quote-unquote, easy games. Uh, last week, they played the worst team in the NFL in the Giants. This week, the Panthers, of course. Next week... They have the Commanders at home. Could be a little frisky. A little, commanders are a little frisky. harder than than a little harder than the Giants and Panthers, of course. But then they have their hard part of the schedule. So uh, they have the Seahawks at home, Eagles at home. They're in Buffalo, in Miami, and then Detroit at home is their five games thereafter. So they have a hard like the Eagles have a, a hard six game stretch. They have a they have a pretty hard five game stretch uh, after this. You know the, these easy two or three games uh, coming up. So. Yeah, they're, the Eagles are going to, I mean, when the Eagles were on their bye, it was pretty clear that they were going to cede some ground uh, to the Cowboys. And, you know, it's kind of in the Eagles' hands to see if they cede ground to them this week. To, you know, if they can beat the Chiefs, then they can hold serve. Mm-hmm. But I think they can't depend on the Cowboys losing, you know, any of these next, either of these next two games. We'll see about the Commanders one, but uh, I agree, probably, unlikely. The, commanders play them tough, like like just like they play the Eagles tough. I agree. And also, you know, the commanders are fighting for a wild card spot, potentially. Like, you know, they have something to play for in theory. They're they're yeah. they're in the mix in that that conversation. Um I will say that uh the Eagles did not have a good, good bye week, kind of like you touched on there. Their playoff odds actually didn't really change at all. I looked at them for the New York Times playoff simulator. No real change in anything, but they clearly didn't, you know, gain ground at all. The Lions won. Well, the one seed dipped a little bit, didn't it? Like maybe like one percent. Like oh, really? okay. So like, predictable is the one that I looked at. Uh, that's no. sort of like the 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 betting odds one. Gotcha. I think that dipped from like fifty seven to fifty two. Okay. For the one seed, but yeah, not a huge change. But I, I think part of that was because it was expected that the 49ers, Cowboys, and Lions were all going to win. Right. Yes. So yeah, um, not like disastrous, but not 
nothing gained. But the Eagles can do a nice job of giving themselves more. I mean, if they win against the Chiefs, they really just need to go two and two here against the uh, remaining four games in this gauntlet after that, assuming they can take care of business against the final three. The Cardinals game worries me a little bit more with Kyler back and healthy because it just feels like only fitting that Jonathan Gannon will, you know, screw the Eagles. Like, who come up with this, the, the best game plan of his life against the Eagles <laughs> right. after being a jerk. But anyway, that's a that's a bridge to cross later on. <laughs> being a jerk. Uh, in any case, uh, Giants at – so we're both taking the Cowboys, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Giants – Panthers are – if the Giants are the worst team in the league, I think the Panthers are the second worst team. Yeah, I have them pretty far down. Uh, I think they're 31st in my power rankings. Giants at Commanders. Uh, I think commanders are going to win in cover because like we said, the giants are the worst team in the league and the commanders, again, they're a little frisky. They're, they have something to play for. They're playing for a potential wild card spot. Ron Rivera is a lame duck, but he's still trying to do everything he can in theory to save his job. And um, people seem to like Sam Howell in that building. So there's some good vibes, I think in that sense. Um, and the giants are, like I just said, a disaster. So I will take the commanders to win in cover. What what is that? What is that? Eight and a half. Oh, it's eight eight and a half, half, huh? Okay, so it was ten. Then it was nine and a half, and wow, so it moved down to eight and a half. I was actually thinking of taking the Giants at nine and a half. Why? But but eight and a half, I'll take the Commanders. Um, I mean, not that that's a big difference, but, but I mean, how bad are the Giants? Well, they're eight and a half point underdogs. To the Commanders, <laughs> so a four and six team that traded two of their best trade players at the deadline, and basically all but announced that their focus, you know, the rest of the season is going to be on twenty twenty four. And you're right, like they have a record that kind of still has them in the wild card hunt, kind of, sort of. But I don't really think this team is very good at all. Um, and when you're eight and a half point favorites over anyone, that team has to be very bad, and certainly that's what the Giants are. Okay, so we'll take the commanders to win. And then that I'll brings take us... the cover as well. Yeah. Okay. And cover. And then that brings us to Eagles Chiefs. I'll let you go first. I have the Chiefs. Um, oh, what is, yes. What, I'm so glad. What is, okay, good. <laughs> what is the line you have? Two and a half on that? It, I think this is very interesting. I don't want to get into my side of it, but the line opened at two and a half. Uh, Chiefs favored by two and a half. And then it swung to three for most of the week. I think yesterday on Friday when I checked, it was down to two and a half. When I was doing uh-huh. TGI football and the SB Nation NFL show with Steven Serta, uh, he he put that up. And I was like, oh, I was surprised. I didn't see it change. But now it's back to cheese savored by three. Yeah, so I think the Eagles have plenty of matchup advantages in this game. And we already mentioned you know, edge rushers against the Chiefs tackles. Their, you know, The Eagles offensive line is back to full strength. I like their chances of handling the, the Chiefs pass rush. And uh, as we mentioned, you know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside uh, against their, by the way, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned Jalen Watson earlier as the, as the matchup that they'll, that they'll target, but also Legereus Steed hasn't had as good a season this year mm-hmm. as he did a year ago when he was clearly their best corner during their Super Bowl year. So I think there are matchup advantages there, but it's just really hard for me to get past <laughs> the Eagles past defense. I mean, they've been lit up by a bunch of, you know, like average quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, week one and week two, Sam Howell, week four, Sam Howell, week eight, Dak Prescott, week nine. They have all had big games against this Eagles pass defense. And it's not like the Eagles have been bad in every game. Their pass defense, obviously, they had good games against the Rams and 
the Dolphins was the big one that that they really played well. Um, but man, I just can't get past the idea that they're going to slow down this still very good. And I think we might be underselling their receivers a little bit. Like very clearly, Travis Kelsey is like their he's the bell cow. Like he's the guy that you have to pay the most attention to by far. But, you know, guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling has downfield ability, as does uh, Justin Watson, you know, has a big you know yards per catch average. Uh, Rashi Rice is a guy, is a rookie who's really come on of late. They have Kadarius Toney, who is extremely inconsistent, but can make plays and did make plays uh, against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And man, like, I just haven't seen enough from guys like Kevin Byard. And I don't know what to expect from Bradley Roby just yet. And, you know, the the difference between the way Darius Slay and James Bradbury have played from last year to this year is concerning. And Andy Reid after the bye, man, like he's 24, 29 and four in situations in which, uh, you know, he has an extra full week uh, to pre- to prepare for an opponent. And, you know, all the, he put all that together and I haven't picked against the Eagles yet this year, but here it is week 11, finally doing it. Give me the chiefs. And I'll also, also lay the two and a half as well. I'm very glad you're taking them because I was going to do the opposite of whatever you were going to take. Okay. Um, because I feel like, hmm, I just, I felt weird about this one the whole week. I felt unsure. And it's tough to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But you know what I think this boils down to? And it's very football guy cliche. I think the Eagles okay. want it more. I think the Eagles want this game more than the Chiefs do. The Could Chiefs, be. Chiefs don't need this game. They won this, like they won the Super Bowl. They're fine. The uh, AFC, the Bengals are crumbling. Like, you know, there's, there, it's whatever. This game means more to the Eagles, is my point. I think this game means more to them than it does the Chiefs. And, you know, you have Jalen Hurts with the Super Bowl on his lock screen. And also, from a narrative standpoint, it would kind of be like, it'd be a little bit hollow in the sense of like, okay, yeah, you beat the Chiefs, but who cares? Like, you don't you don't get a trophy for this one. So um, that exists in my mind as well. I just, not only do I think the Eagles win this game, I think they win by at least two scores. I think, because everyone's Ooh, like, well, because everyone's like, spicy take. I hope. Oh, <laughs> someone has to because i think it's boring i keep hearing and it just you know how often does the nfl always just go like we think i think that everyone's like oh close game you know it's going to be very close whatever i think the Eagles, I, I, it's very rare it's obviously very hard to do to beat the chiefs like that and have it look easy but it has happened from time to time i think about that was it the titans game last year or a couple seasons ago where the titans just came in kind of just punched them in the face and the chiefs didn't have an answer it's very rare it's obviously not after the bye week, but I think there's a situation here where the Eagles come in, they're rolling from the jump, they're healthy, they're out to prove something after losing in the Super Bowl. DeAndre Swift is running the ball, and the Chiefs just don't have an answer this time, and they run all over the Chiefs. I think the pass rush actually is able to get home. The rain thing does make me a little bit nervous about this, I can't lie. <laughs> but assuming it's not a huge factor, uh, I think the pass rush could actually get home this time, and it'll be like, see, this is... It'll be like the ultimate validation that the field in the Super Bowl was a factor. If the Eagles pass rush is just like, you know, getting after Mahomes in this one. So um, I think people are a little bit overcorrecting on the sense that like, oh, Eagles aren't as good as their record says they are. And I think there's truth to that. I think they're a good team kind of 
masquerading a little bit as a great team in terms of, you know, DVOA and point differential and whatnot. But for as much as we want to give the benefit of the doubt to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, guess who also wins a lot? They just wins. Dalen Hurts just wins. Nick Sirianni, Fair. they just sure. win. That's what they do. Fair. And so uh, I don't know. I just I kind of have a feeling that the Eagles can go into Kansas City and pull this game off and shout out to the great uh, Professor Deniz Selman, who corrected me uh, after listening to BGN Radio, the Dallas recap last week, and tweeted at us. And, you know, because I called this like the least important game on their schedule. Because in, in theory, it is at first glance because it's the floating game. It's an AFC team. Yeah. Against the AFC team. But uh, it does matter because the Eagles play, it, again, it, it literally. All common opponent. Yep, yeah. It quite literally like matters Lions. more yeah. to the Eagles than the Chiefs because the Eagles play uh, or, or could be in a situation where they it comes down to the common games tiebreaker like you alluded to with the Lions who already beat the Chiefs in week one. So um, getting this game could be really important. And mm-hmm. um, I think the Eagles have some advantages on that, though, common opponents with the Lions. I think they already actually have a couple games in hand on that. Like uh, the Vikings. Yes. Who else did the Lions lose to? Well, they only lost to the Seahawks, so they could. Oh, I guess it was, oh this, right. So the Eagles beat the Seahawks, right. and that's another one in their favor. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see on that. And that's obviously, that might not come into play. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It could, but we yeah. don't know for sure. Right. That's a little bit down Yeah, the I think road. it's probably the second least important game the rest of the year. Right. Just in terms of Tyra. The Bills is the is probably the least important one. And, but And my point of saying that, like, is this like, it's because it's very narratively it might be the most important game of the year you know from like a narrative standpoint from like a interest level from a a measuring stick like i think from that standpoint you could say it's very important but again in standings wise i think there's just like a big disparity there probably Mm -hmm. my point is it's like the biggest disparity in any game this year between the narrative and the actual standing value that's kind of what i was more getting at when i said least important there um but i do think it is important to these players and i do think they're gonna find a way to win and I think they do it comfortably. And, and it might be in a way, too, where it, the final score looks a little bit more comfortable than it does truly for the team. You know, like a late touchdown that kind of puts the game away and um, kind of show looks makes it look like the game wasn't close, but it really was for the majority of it. I don't feel as confident in that side of it, but I do think they, I think they win this game. I do think they win this game. I will take them. So I definitely like the points in this game. I think they at least cover, the very least. And I'll take them to win. So in week 13, are you going to give the 49ers a one-at-more bump? I said going into the season that I think I, 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 was predi- I, I pre-predicted <laughs> that game. I said okay. if the 49ers are bad, they're going to win that game because that's like their Super Bowl at that point. <laughs> but if they're good, they're going to lose that game. And I think they've given the Eagles reason to want it more because of all the talking and whatnot. I you <laughs> okay. absolutely right. know that that's going to be in, like Sirianni absolutely uses that stuff. And yeah, they, the yeah. 49ers were especially like disrespectful for no good reason and kept talking about it so much that I think like I gave them no credit for winning. Normally, like you'll see teams go, oh, that's a good team. You know, we, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But that, right. not, there was none of that. There was just, it was just we lost because we got screwed. Yep. <laughs> You had Robbie Gold out here saying, like, Jalen Hurts is like a fraud. Like, really? Like, the 49ers kicker is ripping Jalen Hurts? Like, what is happening here? And I and I do think that boils down from the top. Like, it's a top-down thing. That's not just, like, 
players going rogue i think that's kyle shanahan not really enforcing enough that hey that's a good team that beat us obviously it was unideal give them their respect you see coaches say that a lot in you know like those those locker room clips after the game like you used to see doug see i remember seeing doug say that i've seen nick say that they always stress to the players like before you know or after a, a win they're always like hey make sure you give the other team respect you know that's a good team uh, make sure like when you talk to the media you say that that was a good team and they try to reinforce that I don't think Kyle Shanahan was saying that to his players after that game no, or at any not. point, really. Um, there was no message of being gracious and defeat anyway. But um, I mean, I do think the 49ers won that game. Sure. But I, I also, again, because of that ammo that they gave to the Eagles, I think that is also a big factor. I mean, uh, I remember like Fletcher Cox screaming in the locker room about something that um, George Kittle had said during the week of preparation and we nobody we I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, that was kind of dumb to me. But like, so I mean, they were just finding anything they could and right. turning it into something. But that's a great and point like, by to, you. To the point where, like, even media people weren't like looking at what George Kittle said and said, "Oh, let's, let's turn this into content." <laughs> it was know, very like pain, <laughs> it was, whatever. It was, it was pretty like, vanilla. Yeah, yeah, it was very like you had to really read into it to be offended by that. But hey. I guess it worked for them. It worked. But yeah. to your point, if they're getting offended by that, what do you think they're going to feel about yeah, yeah, this? Yeah. But anyway, that's this what is I mean. Yeah. The Eagles 49ers preview. So <laughs> um, I just think the Eagles, yeah, I think they might want it more. I really think they do. It literally, I think, means more to them this game. So I think they'll find a way. And yeah, I'm not going to say it's just a coin flip game. I'm not going to do everyone else's prediction that everyone else is saying, and it'll come down to the wire. I'm going to say they got a score. They win confident. They comfortably. I'm going to say they win 38 to 28. 38 28. Okay. So that's 10 points. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs 31-28. Yeah. Wait. So you have the Eagles covering. Or, well, a push. No, 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 no. Because it's two and a half, right? No, three. Oh. All right. So you want to change your score? or? All right, I'll go. Th- hmm. Well, you said the Eagles aren't going to cover. You said the Chiefs are going to cover. So that would be f- well. No, all right. Yes, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, Three. so when I made my picks on my um on Philly Voice mm-hmm. at the time, because I make my picks on Thursday, uh, in advance of the Thursday night game, it was two and a half, two and a half. at that time. So I had the Chiefs covering. Uh, well, what are you doing now? I'm not going to change my. I, I'm not going to change my. You take the push. You're going to say I'm still going. I mean, uh, I already gave my score to Nick Tricombe for Yeah, but our this is the BGN post. radio standings. But I feel like, uh, oh, okay. All right. Well, in that case, you have to give I'll, a pick. Go, I'll go 31-27. Okay. You'll say the Chiefs. That cover. way I win either. So I have two different scores that I can brag about if it, if they happen. You did the Bo Wolf <laughs> where you change your pick. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I my yeah. pick on the Bleeding Green Nation staff picks column is Chiefs for this game. But I said I was going to go whatever opposite of what you said. And I also have been saying um, that I feel like I've reserved, I'm especially reserving my right to change this pick because I just haven't had a strong feel. Sometimes I get a, a strong feel early in the week and I lock that in. And this week I just haven't had that as much. I was leaning Chiefs and I just felt like for whatever reason, it's just maybe it's the... Um, the homerism or something, something coming off the bye week. I'm just like talking myself into it, but I don't know. I feel I had that against the Dolphins. Like I, had, I was pretty sure I was going to pick the Dolphins when you know early in that week. And Eagles then once I started taking a harder look at the Dolphins and what they were, I was like, this team isn't that good. The Eagles are going to beat this team, and they did. Uh, but I did not get that with the Chiefs this time around. I, I think mm. uh, it only strengthened my opinion that the Chiefs are actually pretty good. Hmm. Interesting. 
because but i feel like the line is isn't that an interesting line don't you think it's, that is there's yeah i mean they're saying that the these teams are pretty evenly matched yeah but the two and a half is like tricky though like that's not what the cowboys game was that was a solid i think it was a solid three all week yeah like this is a little different right. And that they would open as less than three, like that's a, that's something. That's not nothing. That's a little. Mm-hmm. That's just a little interesting to me. I think is all. I don't think that means. And it's it went as, up and then down. I think it's kind of interesting as well. I don't think it means it's as cut and dried as this. The Chiefs are better. I mean, I know it's it says it's evenly matched because of the three, but still, I think that kind of signals that there's a little bit of a lean to the Eagles. I think. I think it'll be really interesting to see where this line ends up on Monday night. I think it could swing back to like two and a half. What's the big play that happens? The big play? Yeah. What do you I mean? actually got to ask this via email. Like what what what's the what's the play that happens that swings this game? Hmm. Hassan Reddick strip sacks Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I'm going to go with a late hit out of bounds on Mahomes. Oh no. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, I picked the Chiefs, so I have to have something that goes right. in the Chiefs favor. <laughs> but I'm going wow. late hit out of bounds on Mahomes that uh, gives them a first down. You realize they get po- they get points on that drive that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. You realize if that happens, people are going to be like, "Jimmy nailed it." They're going to be like, "F you, Jimmy." Why did he- <laughs> yeah, I talk, I like I like like I like I spoke it into existence. Right, exactly. <laughs> um. All right, this is a good episode. Any final thoughts by you? <clears throat> uh, I'm excited to go out to Kansas City. Actually, uh, Nick said he named a restaurant out there, and I texted it to myself, like Jack Stacks or something like that, uh, barbecue place. So I might check that out, depending on whether I can get to Arthur Bryant's or well, not. Arthur Bryant's is uh, I think Arthur Bryant's was actually mentioned a number of times in Ted Lasso, who uh. Now, Ted Lasso, of course, the character Ted Lasso is from. Is he from Kansas City or is he just from Kansas? I don't know. I haven't I just I've from only Kansas. seen two episodes. Oh, well, you got to get on that, I think. I don't have Apple little, TV. It's a whole yeah, it's a whole thing. Semi overrated. I didn't like the way they wrapped it up, but certainly an enjoyable show. I would, you know, My parents love it. They're huge. Figure fans. out a way to watch that. You should you should. I think uh, that's a show you would like. Uh, but anyway, I'm uh, looking forward to some barbecue this uh this weekend what specifically and, uh, is there a specific like like brisket or the the burn yeah i got i i hear the burn ends, burn ends. Or, yeah 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 burn ends um yeah the, i i feel like brisket is big in kansas city i'm not sure i gotta brush up i mean i i travel to some like alabama is very underrated i go to the senior bowl that Get the white sauce years for that alabama barbecue is really good i think that's a little underrated compared to like texas and north carolina Alabama's pretty good. So um Kansas City's up there, obviously. But yeah, I'm I'm interested. There Arthur Bryant's was a place where <laughs> the last time the Eagles played there, which I guess would have been 2017, when they lost week two out there. I remember being there during a Cowboys Broncos game, and the Broncos were just beating the living crap out of the Cowboys. So I was mm. watching that game at Arthur Bryant's. And have you ever seen like the picture of the two super fat guys on like they're twins and they're on motorcycles? It's like a famous stock picture. No. Okay. Well, I, if it wasn't those guys that were in this restaurant, it was two guys just like them. Mm. <laughs> like if you Google just like 
two fat two fat twins on motorcycles that'll come up pretty quick this reminds uh, me of D- uh, dwight in the office when he's like but i mean i saw twins <laughs> and it's just two big guys at a booth at arthur bryant's it, it was some of the fattest people i've ever seen in my life and i don't mean to fat shame anyone but holy crap like i'm i, I weigh 215 so i'm not small but man i was a I was tiny compared to the. I like to think that this place, they, which I th- which which says which says how good that place is, right? That that, <laughs> that you know. I'm going to save you here and say are. you're showing respect. You're like this is impressive. <laughs> right. This is an impressive size right. going on, for sure. But that's a little further away from downtown. I think so. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make it over there or not. But I'm sure there are plenty of places downtown. Okay, my final thought is uh, come out and hang out with us for the Eagles. Oh, well, not Eagles, but the eagles interest of the cowboys losing to the seahawks on november 30th that's 12 days away as we're recording this episode on november 18th so we hope to see you there wrong crowd beer company in westchester pennsylvania make sure you look it up make sure you clear your calendar come on out and watch thursday night football with us and we can all cheer for the cowboys to lose that game because why not? It's always fun. Oh, Jimmy's holding up the picture of the guys on the motorcycles. That's pretty impressive, honestly. <laughs> right? Like those I've guys? been thinking about getting a motorcycle, but that's a, here's, here's another one. Different conversation for another time. Also, very impressive. <laughs> I like a motorcycle. Uh, okay, let me let's wrap this up, Jimmy. Um, all of our social media information. And the podcast sponsor information is in the episode description, the show notes below. So check that out. We appreciate you supporting the podcast because uh, that's what helps keep the lights on here. So we, you know, it's free otherwise. And if you can't, obviously, you don't have the money or resources or whatever, no problem. But if you do and you want to help support, we appreciate it. We, we love you. So, all right. We will be back with you, meaning me, Brandon Lee Gowton, and that Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, him from Philly Voice, me from BleedingGreenNation.com. We will be back with you here on BGN Radio after the Eagles beat the Chiefs. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.